technology. Karen, now, I was listening to Karen Kingston, I think it is. Right, right. She says it's AI. Right, right. Yeah. She and I had lunch talking about this, and I heard her when she first disclosed this. Yeah. So, so, but so the first thing to say is it's not what they said is in there. Uh -huh. Even, even uh -huh. under the EUA, they lied about what's in there, it looks like. There's, and, and I, and I ran that dog down and I said, well, how do you know it's not there? What tests did you do? But I'm comfortable, you know, they use technologies that you would have seen it if it's there. I think somebody would have seen some somewhere and apparently mm -hmm. that hasn't been seen. So I don't think there's RNA in here. So then the question is, then we get to the Karen Kings. And the other, the other point is the guy, the guy that was kind of fingered as maybe one of the baddies in this whole thing was a guy named Feng Zhang out of MIT. Uh-huh. Feng Zhang is a, is a, has a degree, you'll love this one, in biological engineering. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of disturbed that we have <laughs> biological engineering as a specialty these days, but nonetheless, he's a real smart guy. And he, um, but, but he says on his, he's the guy that's fingered as being, as, as purportedly one of the developers that, that discovered and developed CRISPR technology for gene splicing, right? Okay, okay. But uh -huh. that's what he actually says on his website. And I don't have it, I have it on my computer, but I don't what's have his, it in front of What's me. his name again? Feng Zhang, Z-H-A-N-G, and Z-H-A-N-G, and he's the Zhang lab at MIT. But okay. if you read the, what they do, it's under the category of like one of their first paragraphs of what they do. Now, they'll probably scrub it that I'm talking about it a lot, but... He actually says, you know, when it comes to all this gene manipulation, we can't really do a lot of, we can't really precisely insert things into people's genes or into genetic sequences. We can do gene knockdown. In other words, they can, they could, they could take a gene and make it dysfunctional. They can somehow stop it from working, say methylate it or do something to stop it from working, but they can't, they can't add little precisely add little snippets into and what his so then i said wow wait a minute because this goes along now with what these independent labs are saying that this is an rna technology so what is it well what he says on his website is his phd was in optogenetics now optogenetics is the use of light of wavelength to stimulate nerves to create cells to do different things. In other words, they change cellular behavior with wavelength. And, and the way it works is we are electromagnetic beings. You know, mm -hmm. DNA, we don't really know how DNA works. You know, you have less DNA than the onion in your refrigerator. Yeah. I don't know if you know that, but you have, you have about 3.4 billion base pairs in your DNA. A standard onion is somewhere between 10 or 6 and 11 billion base pairs. So uh, the thing that we think we're so intelligent and we're, we're the top of the food chain, but we don't have as much DNA as they do. So what's going on here? So it isn't as simple as like this ticker tape. I have all these proteins out there that I can create and I'm, I'm special because I got all this genetic material. It's not that easy. It has to do, I think, again, I'm, I'm, an ortho, I'm just a dumb orthopedic surgeon. I'm coming at this from trying to understand and read between the lines of what the big boys are telling you and hiding. And I believe that what we really understand and have been hiding for a long time is that this is an electromagnetic realm we're in. That genetics, uh -huh. that the DNA, and this is in a spiritual aspect, I think DNA is our antenna from God. That, that we have a different antenna than the onion. And so when yeah. God created us, we are different holographic beings of light that are temporarily in this realm in 3D reality because we have this spiral DNA that that broadcasts a signal that makes us what we are. And, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and so they're manipulating that. Now, 
the way that it works, and this is why 5G and generally cellular frequencies are so dangerous. And this is what happened. I'm telling you, that theory uh, that I'm putting forth fits everything. It fits the pandemic of 1918, which was not a contagious disease. Uh, they tell you it is. They keep saying, they, they, no matter how many times these big smart guys from the university blather on about it was a pandemic that was, oh, terrible flu. And it was, it was, it was all spread because people were in an army barracks. None of that's true. Okay. None of it's true. It was not a horrible pandemic. The numbers don't justify that. The numbers were inflated and they couldn't prove transmission. They actually really tried. And they tried to do autopsy. They did autopsies in those days. And it didn't show what they expected to find. It showed a lot of bloody lungs. It showed a lot of weird stuff, but it did not show a viral uh, outbreak. And researchers today that are genetics have modern technology that went back and looked at those pathologic blocks agree. It was not clearly a virus. What what are what are what are autopsies showing today? Right. So then I gets into today. So what are we seeing today? That was my point. Very good. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what what what's happened is at first, what did they now see in 1918? I will tell you, the Navy and the Public Health Service actually made a, a really considered uh, uh, effort to figure out what was going on. They tried to prove transmission in a very, very scientific way, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't get. They, they literally had volunteers that were well breathe in the air from exhalations of dying people, okay? They would put them in the hospital. They say, don't touch the person, but just suck in the breath. When they breathe out, you breathe in and suck that stuff in. Not one person got sick. 118 volunteers, not one person got sick. This was done in Boston. Second, wow. the second thing they did is, see, people don't hear this because they're lying to you. <laughs> they're lying to us. <laughs> I dug out this stuff. I went through yeah. the old news archives. I can tell you they're lying about the numbers and they're lying about transmission. So the next thing they did is they took swabs and they put them in these people's noses and they, they, they took the, the goo from the sick and they put it in the well. Not one transmission. They even spun down in a day before antibiotics. This is really guts ball. They, they spun down the nose and, and oral secretions and the coughing stuff in, and they put in the fluid and they spun it down and they injected it into these volunteers. They didn't get the flu. <laughs> Here's horses. Horses were exposed to this and they got sick. They were getting sick too. And they didn't get, but they couldn't transmit it from horse to horse. So you can't tell me it's a human psychologic thing. Okay. Uh -huh. Um, and so, so what was going on? It was electromagnetic then complicated by bad vaccines. It's electromagnetic now complicated by bad vaccines. So what we get to, there is a guy named, oh, so the pathology of today. So what did they do today? They did not try and prove transmission. In fact, the, the Chinese have data that suggests it's not being transmitted by any method that they can identify. Because contacts that lived in the same household when it first break out in Wuhan didn't get sick. And they would, and that not one of them transmitted, no, not one asymptomatic contact of a sick person transmitted it to other people. That so whatever was going on, it was not transmissible in the way we thought it was. Uh -huh. If it had been an airborne virus, it would have been all over the world, given what they were seeing in, in Wuhan. And my, remember, they didn't close down the airports in Wuhan. So for a long time, they were dying in Wuhan and they were transmitting it to Shanghai and, you know, you know, all these different, you know, Chinese cities. They had lots of travel between them and they didn't shut it all down. So why was it just Wuhan? Well, Here's the thing. So the autopsies, they also didn't do our, our government said and the big Fauci guys and all this stuff said, oh, don't do autopsies. You might spread the disease. What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, 
you know, pathologists know everything. Now they know yeah. it too late, but they are the ones that tell us what's going on. They, there, there should have been right away a very, what we should have done right away when you claimed you had a test for it, we should have done autopsies. We should have done testing and we should have seen if it had any relation to reality. It yeah. wouldn't have. And that's why they didn't do anything. The, the, oh, tests yeah. are, the tests are not only wrong. The tests are false at the level of the broken clock that gets the right time twice a day. Don't do a test. They mean absolutely nada. They never did. They are just made to look positive. Okay. But the other thing is, finally, pathologists broke the mold and they said, we're going to autopsy some of these people. Nobody did a lot. But there was a group of, of pathologists that in, 2000, in 2021, a year and a half after the outbreak, uh -huh. they, they reviewed all these studies. Now, they had actually, this is, this is the, the, they reviewed things that were done a little closer in. So it was probably six months to a year after the outbreak. But nonetheless, they reviewed this. And, and a year and a half when it was published, it basically said, we've done, we, they looked at, I think it was 29 papers and roughly 134 patients that they were, the, the autopsies. And they said, we can't figure out what's killing them. This is a year and a half later, okay? And we've not we've not made a systematic study since. Nobody is looking, okay? So we so anybody that tells you, oh, we know exactly what this is. This is SARS-CoV-2 because we have this genetic sequence. Again, uh -huh. again, you have 3.4 billion base pairs in your genetic sequences, right? A banana has share. You and a banana share this fifty percent of your genome. Okay, but no, it, it may be 60%, but you're not a politician. So, you know, <laughs> you know, but you should. So, so, and like I say, onions even have more than that. So we don't know what we share with an onion, but I'd heard that about a banana. So, so we do share a lot of genetic material with, with plants. Tons, your genetic material probably wrap around the world if we spread it out. So they're going to test you with a test. This is just without knowing any genetics. This is just common sense. They're going to test you with a with a test that has 16 or 12 bases on this test. You have 3.4 billion. They're going to test you with a with six or 16 or 12 bases, and they're going to stick it in your nose, wave it around in the air that has all sorts of stuff flying around, and they're going to say yes or no that you have a virus. I, when we I, don't, when well, that is crazy. I mean, I, I, we know that we have virus genomes in our genome. We know that. Yeah. So why, how can they tell us that this is a virus from externally? They have never proven transmission. Genetic sequencing is not proof of existence. Okay. And it is not proof of transmission, no matter how much time they want to spend telling you that. Yeah. So, so that is the whole story about what they think is going on. We don't know. It's and all I, built on a line. It's built yeah. on multiple lies. But here's yeah. what here's back to the optogenetics and the electromagnetic frequencies. What's really going on here? In Wuhan, the first patient showed up at the Wuhan Military Hospital near the Wuhan Institute of Virology on October 19th, 2019. Mm -hmm. That was the day they first turned on 5G. Okay. And the formal rollout, Wuhan, I have the ad on my computer that they were advertising that Wuhan was going to be the, the, the city to, you know, like the, like the expo city for 5G. We're going to show you all the cool things it can do. We're going to roll it out first in Wuhan. And the formal rollout was on November 1st. And then in December, when Dr. Lee died in that hospital, and that hospital was looking like all these deaths, that's when they first put it into the, the, um, uh, what I want to say, the Wuhan hospital, that was when they instituted 5G was turned on in the hospital, fully implemented yeah. 5G in the hospital. Now, the body responds to rate of change. So it's possible that some people are more affected than others for basic biologic reasons. Their genetics uh -huh. are different. They, they're more resistant to radiation. But the other side of it is, is that 
um, they they could turn it on and turn it off. Okay, no, that's, so that's we dangerous. don't yeah. yeah we don't know what's really going on here. But what we do know is that that is the basis of what Feng Zhang is saying. That is the that happened in Wuhan, and then it turns out there the final piece of this puzzle, not maybe the final, but another piece that I think is very important before we get to Karen Kingston. Is, oh, Doctor Merritt, Doctor Merritt, we're coming up on an hour, oh, and I and I I know I know that you. Or to have you speak is probably about fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> no, I wish well, I can quit at time. I'm just telling you the the. Punch. Okay, then if you're okay, I'm all right. I just don't. I want to have you back on, and I don't want no, you to yeah. tell me it's going to cost me fifty thousand. No, no, but I but I'm going to at least finish my point before you cut me off. Please, you can you can take as much time as you want. I just you're I'm on your schedule. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll at least get through this. The, the bottom line is there was a doctor named Cosmo. I've got Chaya. two. Go ask, I got. I've got two more questions. So when you okay, finish, I'll, if you I'll are right this with point, that. and then I'll go over the two questions. You go so for the, it. So there, this is important because if people understand yes. this, they'll know how to save themselves, right? So Kozhnachev was a Russian doctor, and I always knew my college Russian would pay off somehow. That's how I found yes. this guy. So because it's not easy to find his stuff, but he is a um, he was in like Novosibirsk or something in Russia, and he in the 20s and 30s, did an experiment. And this is the experiment, and it tells you a lot. He took a tissue, which a tissue by definition is the same kind of cells, and he cut them in half, and he put them in two chambers that were connected by an optical window. So they're not connected. They're, they're, they're hermetically sealed from the outside, connected by an optical window. So this tissue can kind of look at each, the cells on side A can look at side B through this window but they're not physically connected. Then he took side A and he poisoned side A with something. It could have been radiation. It could have been bacterial toxins, arsenic, you name it. They're, they're multiple different things. And they and those things give different disease patterns, right? Uh -huh. Let's say he, used, he irradiates side A to the point that it's going to kill the cells and the cells start dying. Then he would look to see what happened to side B. Well, if there was window glass, just standard window glass in the optical window, nothing happened to side B. But when he replaced the window glass with quartz, then suddenly, after 12 hours, the side B would start dying using the same specific pattern of side A. So if it was arsenic, side B would die of arsenic poison. If it was radiation, side A would side B would die of uh, radiation poison, but had not been exposed to any of those things. So how is this working? Okay. Yeah. The Russians called it smirt, which means death photons. And what's the difference between quartz and window glass? Quartz allows UV optical uh, light through. It allows UV and near UV waves through, but window glass does not. So what's happening here is there's when, when your cells are dying or damaged or sick, they put out a signal. And that signal is in the UV and near UV range, and it can create the disease in other cells nearby, maybe in other people nearby. Let's think about chickenpox, okay? If there are no viruses, if it's not a genetic transfer, it could be still, but not like we think. But, it, but it's, if there are no viruses, how do we have chickenpox that spreads from kids? How do you have chickenpox parties? Well, when, the, when one kid gets, if, if, if disease is really detoxification. So a three-year-old, three four-year-old, two-year-old, their bodies say, well, it's time to detox. And they start having the rash and they start getting out of their toxins. Okay. Fast, okay. fast uh -huh. detoxification gives you a rash. Okay. That's what smallpox really is. So fast detoxification gives you a rash. So these, these kids have a rash, they get sick. Their other kids come over to visit them so they can get the early chicken pox because mom knows if you wait longer, it's more severe because uh -huh. 
you got more toxins in the body, right? If you wait till you're 10 to do your first detox, you're in trouble. So he wants to get sick early. So they come and they play with their other child. Now you can say, oh, it's something that, we don't know for sure, but you can say it's something that passes by touch. But even if they don't touch each other, you know, uh, we have, we know that people at a distance in the same room can get chicken pox. So maybe it's these photons are telling those other kids, hey, Johnny, I'm detoxing. Uh, my, I'm one of his cells. I'm detoxing here. You should detox too. It's time. And that, and that signal gets sent. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So, so there's transmission of disease that happens. I will tell you Marburg that we hear about with these, this terrible Marburg disease. There have only been 600 cases, but this Kosnachev studies and his, he did thousands of, of, of trials of this. This wasn't a small study he did. Who studied it later in the world that actually mentions it? the people in the Marburg lab. So this disease of Marburg may be a totally electromagnetic disease. It may be something uh -huh. they created based on his studies. So here we have a situation where 5G is clearly playing a role. Now, the final point I'm going to make here is there are two people that are dead having a now, I'm not, I'm not suicidal, by the way, but there are two, one dead doctor and his supervisor, his guy that pushed it out, who announced that Omicron's not a variant, it's not a virus, it's an electromagnetic wave that they studied in Italy, someplace where maybe it was where in Lombardy where this breakout was. And when they claimed they had Omicron, they studied and they found out that between 2 and 4 a.m., they were turning on this, this wavelength and they could, and the electromagnetic frequency source, the, the power that the, when they tested for EMF power in the region, it had gone up between two and 4 a.m. And they believe that it's a wavelength that's killing people, well, I, making I, people sick. I hear at a certain wavelength, the five, 5G is really 